Welcome to the Pinfall Podcast, everybody. I uh, am normally the co-host of the Pinfall Podcast, but it is just me, Mark Cameron, here today. Um, The normal host, Liz, is uh, out at a company event right now, so she is unfortunately unable to join us for tonight's Impact Recap, as well as the predictions for Forbidden Door, but... I told her to text me her uh, her predictions for Forbidden Door, so we'll see if those actually come. If they don't, uh, we'll I'll po- I don't know post them on Twitter, or make a separate video, whatever um, of of her predictions. But you'll get mine. We're still doing the predictions for Forbidden Door. We are still doing the live watch along on Sunday. Um. None of that is changing. Liz might even pop in during the show, uh, depending on uh, when she gets back. But, for now, it is just me um, as your as your solo, solo host for the evening. Um, so we got an Impact review tonight. Impact recap. Um, not a super eventful show, didn't even really set up new feuds after Slammiversary, a lot of the feuds from Slammiversary are just continuing in different ways, like, uh, Chelsea and Deanna are going after Mia Yim, um, Tasha and Jordan Grace is still going on, Josh Alexander vs. VBD, um, and, and a bunch more. Even Ace Austin and Alex Zane is still going on, which I give that one a little more slack because that's like pretty fresh. Um, so to give a little nutshell of tonight's impact. Oh, and by the way, I'm going to say this now so that everyone has it in their minds. We answer questions at the end of every show. So if you have a question for us, please leave it in the chat and we'll answer it after we get through our predictions. Um, or... If you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment. We'll get to it in the next one. If you're listening on Spotify, join us at twitch.tv forward slash pinfall podcast to chat with us live or DM us on Twitter at pinfall podcast. All right. So a little nutshell of tonight's episode. This is kind of all about honor no more. They're still running about and we even get the main event today with honor no more versus the Briscoes and um, James Storm. Um, we also get Chelsea Green versus Mia Yim. Um, as the first match of the night, um, which was a fantastic match. We then get uh, Boop and Derguger with yet another tag team member. Uh, this time it's Shark Boy versus Zicky Dice and Johnny Swinger, um, which leads straight into stuff with Violent by Design, mainly a, uh, a great promo from Diener before his match against Josh Alexander. Um, then we had, uh, Sammy Callahan versus a jobber. Um, then, uh, we had, OGK and Eddie Edwards versus the Briscoes and James Storm to finish off the night. Um, so yeah, not a super eventful episode, but. You know, it's impact. You kind of have to expect that at this point. They don't really give you much substance. Um, and I, I was hoping we'd get a little more, honestly, because this was, like, post-pay-per-view. But um, Against All Odds is actually a week from tomorrow, so we're still kind of in pay-per-view uh, setup form. Um, and a lot of it's kind of, like branching off of Slammiversary, like, it's kind of Slammiversary Part 2, um, with, like, Josh versus Doring, um, Tasha versus Jordan Grace, um, and, and, uh, Honor No More versus the Briscoes, Good Brothers, and James Storm, I believe, although that might change after what happened tonight, because it wasn't even on one of the matches they announced. Um, but before we go too deep into uh, what happened tonight at Impact, 
Let's talk about some news. Now, Liz normally does the news, but it's going to be me today. And I, I picked all the news today, starting with uh, Tomohiro Ishii is injured. Um, he sustained a left knee injury and is not medically cleared to compete. So it will be Clark Connors taking his place at Forbidden Door in that fatal four-way for the All-Atlantic Championship. Um, which is very unfortunate because a lot of people were hoping for Miro versus Ishii and those two facing off. But Clark Connors is still a great wrestler and I'm sure they'll uh, still put on a great match altogether. Um, he just won't have that beef of Ishii. Uh, next... John Moxley was recently on uh, his wife Renee's podcast and uh, talked all about his battle with alcoholism. Um, and uh, he, he, a lot of the troubles that he had with it, he opened up and um, basically. He tried to quit cold turkey when his uh, daughter was being born, but that was very hard on himself. It, it, he suffered from terrible withdrawals, um, and and any attempt wasn't working to get to to quit. Um, and uh, this is according to ESPN. It says Moxley, who wrestled on an independent show the night before, took a cab to the airport that morning. He was aware Southwest Airlines didn't serve alcohol on board during the time due to the pandemic, so he headed to a bar near his gate and got loaded before the flight home to Las Vegas. Um, at this point, Moxley didn't said he didn't feel right without alcohol in his system. He had Googled the effects of withdrawal, seizures, cardiac arrest, and death. His biggest fear was one of those things happening on a flight or an on national television, so he felt like he had to continue drinking to avoid tragedy. It was a vicious cycle. Um, and, uh, this is an interview with ESPN. It's it's this isn't taken from uh, the podcast at all, um, but there is a great episode of the sessions um, between Renee and and Mox. Uh, I definitely recommend watching it because he does open up all about that. Um. Yeah, very, very glad he he finally got better and recovered after after going to rehab. And the the difference is is, is astounding how he looked then and how he looks now. Um, and and Tony Khan even talked about uh, Moxley saying he's so important to AEW and to me personally. Um, I really care about John a lot. And and it wasn't just him in the fight for, in this in this uh, against alcoholism. Um, Mox even said that his body became dependent on alcohol. Uh, he's not sure how much alcohol he consumed daily, but it was more than five drinks and enough to kill a fucking horse. Quote. Um, so, but yeah, glad glad he's much better now. Um, but to continue on that, taken from from the sessions with Renee and and Mox, um, Mox said that uh, he he was asked what his headspace was like going to rehab. He said night sweats, crazy nightmares. His chemicals were all unbalanced, and he had wacky mood swings. Um, he talked about his first match back after rehab. He said, "So my first batch, first match back." You think it's going to be like, okay, well now you're sober, so you're just going to feel like a million dollars. It doesn't really work like that. It was weird. It was like my legs were in quicksand. I didn't have any adrenaline. Not that I didn't have any adrenaline so much as like, I wasn't nervous. It's hard to put into words, but it used to be like this big, long, giant process to get ready to go out and do a match or wrestle, like this transformation to be ready to go in the ring. I think people who probably don't spend their lives partying too much or whatever probably take for granted just waking up in the morning and feeling good. I feel like cheating. I feel like I'm cheating. Like the novelty hasn't fully worn off of not having a hangover. Just like waking up and being like, okay, I don't have to worry about being massively dehydrated or feeling like crap or whatever. For me, it's almost like I got a cheat code or something. 
but like that first match I felt terrible I just felt off like it was weird I can't really explain like I was just chemically imbalanced and it was strange then it got a little better the next match and the next match finally I wrestled Brian at a pay-per-view more or less I just went in the ring and had the, and like the first time I've ever met him just got in the ring and just wrestled then I kind of started feeling my mojo again and it took but it took me like a month so yeah again glad he's fine glad he's feeling much better now and and feeling more normal which is always something difficult to feel after uh suffering like that uh next so rick flair is having his final match at starcade against i think it's still a mystery opponent at this point um i let me actually um Starcade Ric Flair is he actually having a, a uh who's it against cuz i heard it was Hulk Hogan and he he had his um press conference today talking about it um And, yeah, it'll be announced at a later date. Okay. But Ric Flair, in a press conference, uh, talked about his health concerns, which is on everyone's mind, mainly because nobody wants to watch him die in a, in a wrestling ring. Um, but he said... Uh, the only health concern the only concerns health wise in training and returning was his inner ear issues, blood thinners, which he won't take one that day, and his pacemaker. Quote, you can just plug it back in. I don't think that's how it works, Flair. I don't think that's how it works. Um I I mean yeah, I don't. This just adds to just not wanting to watch this because who the fuck wants to see this old man wrestle? I mean, I get it. It's Ric Flair. You want to watch Ric Flair's last match? It's a big spectacle. It'll probably be against Hulk Hogan, um, which, which I heard was rumored. Um, and they'll get Jay Lethal over as as a heel. I I think that that's the plan. Um, but. But even, like, I know he's saying all these as like, oh, it's just ear issues, blood thinners, and pacemaker. But those are pretty big issues. Blood thinners are important. Pacemaker's important. Inner ear issues, it's less important, but still pretty important. Especially with, like, balance and stuff like that. Um, and we also know Ric Flair's not capable of very much nowadays. Um, there have been clips of him wrestling... Like training with Jay Lethal, but I doubt he can. I doubt he has the stamina to go a long match. That's that's any that's any substance. Uh, but moving right along, final piece of news. Um, at that same pay per view at Starcade, uh, with Ric Flair's last match, Josh Alexander is going to make an appearance. Uh, he's going to defend the Impact World Championship against uh, Jacob Fatu from MLW. Um, so Josh, I, th I think I don't think this is the first time he's done this, taken the Impact title to another promotion to be defended. But it's cool to see him um, going against somebody like Jacob Fatu because, uh, yeah, I mean. I love when people defend titles in other in other promotions. I think it's super cool. I think it's exactly what wrestling should be, which is like some big multiverse. Um, I think Mike Bailey had a quote on Twitter all about what pro wrestling is now. That it's not just like your time in the ring on TV is the only is your only story. It's it's a branch. It's it's traveling and it, it it's like going to all these different promotions. And living out a multiverse as opposed to just one singular uh, uh, TV series. Um, but this will also be the first time that Josh Alexander and Jacob Fatu uh, wrestle each other. 
which is another reason to watch uh, watch the event. And it'll definitely be one that will be very interesting with this match, Ric Flair's match, and there are a ton of people announced for this event, whether it be um, uh, meet and greets or wrestling. Or I think Brian Danielson is announced to be on Renee's podcast, but that's really it. Um, Alright, so that's all the news we got. Let's get into some impact. So, start off Impact Wrestling today. Honor No More immediately comes out. Uh, They start taking apart ringside, you know, tossing chairs everywhere, throwing the stairs. Uh, Eddie says, we're so sorry for interrupting the seemingly never-ending celebration. Slammiversary was on Sunday, yet the celebrating continues today. I get it. Everyone can't get enough of TNA. 20 years of Impact Wrestling. There's a reason that this company left Nashville. They wanted to achieve something bigger and better than they uh, ever could achieve in a place like this. You are looking at honor no more. You are looking at the one bright spot. The one thing that should truly be applauded, yet the people doing the most celebrating, is the Impact Originals. As far as we're concerned, the Impact Originals did not win that match. They did not win, just like Honor No More did not lose. Well, one of us lost. PCO. Um, which is kind of weird, because he kind of drops his blame on PCO, but then doesn't really come back to it. It's just like that one blame, and then that's it. But Vincent... Uh, takes note of it. He says, I dig your frustrations, but I didn't bring this monster back to life for impact. I brought him back for honor no more. Let's talk about the facts. Tracy Brooks attacking Mia from behind. Let's talk about D'Lo Brown trying to save the day. And above all, let's talk about the artificial referee, the hero of the night, Mr. Earl Hebner. While all this is going, Scott Demore is sitting there with a smile on his face. And it's like impact planned the whole thing. Um, Taven says, it's almost like we were set up. I keep asking myself, 20 years of what? Mediocrity? I think about the buzz Impact is getting that's because of us. This show trends every week because of us. Uh, we, we put money in Scott Demore's pocket. While these people watching, uh, want to blame me for the mistakes of other Melvins, meanwhile, that place would have folded years ago if it wasn't for me. I gave my that place my life. But go ahead, blame me for every problem we've ever had. But I need you to listen. I didn't kill honor uh I didn't kill Ring of Honor. I saved Impact Wrestling. And then America's Most Wanted come out. Uh James Storm says, "Look at here, Chris. It's the same dog and pony show, just different faces. This right here is their Wildcat is the Wildcat Chris Harris and me." I'm just a creek swimming, Johnny Cash listening, SOB straight out of Tennessee. I am the cowboy James Mother Effin' Storm. We grew up in a time when you had to punch and call your way to the top. Earn your respect. Not just of your peers, but these people here. That's what we've done for over 25 years. A time when wrestlers look like wrestlers and not bums. If you, if you guys were good, you would have taken that loss, gotten better, and came back. But in short... You suck. Um, I, oh, uh, uh, Kenny King says this. He says, what year is it again? You're talking a lot of smoke, cowboy, for someone that damn near came uh, out here by himself. Nothing's more useless than a drunken cowboy than his pussycat Chris Harris. James Storm says, man, those are hurtful words, Kenny. Um, oh, no, no, Chris Harris says this. Man, those are hurtful words, Kenny. You keep mouthing off, I'll make you cry harder than you did on The Bachelorette. And my years in the ring uh, may have gotten me broken down, but America's Most Wanted, we accomplished all we wanted in that ring. 20 years of hard work and dedication. 20 years of being the backbone of TNA and Impact. Wars in the ring with teams like New Church, Team Canada, Triple X. Me and this man came into TNA together, and and if we have to, we'll go out together. What I think you're forgetting is we came in and met a couple friends at Slammiversary. The Good Brothers come out, uh, and a whole brawl breaks out, and then the Briscoes join. 
and uh, the Good Brothers and Briscoes and, and America's Most Wanted stand tall after Good Brothers give a magic killer to Vincent. And that ends that. We go backstage then to Alicia with Giselle Shaw. Uh, Giselle Shaw says, good job last week after um, uh, Alicia's match against Masha Slamovich where Alicia was squashed. Giselle gives her a cupcake. Alicia says, you were supposed to be my coach, but you're scared of Masha. Giselle says, I, I just don't want anything to do with her. I'm not scared of her. Alicia says, we were supposed to be a team. Giselle said, we teamed up once. That doesn't make us a team. Um, why don't you go team up with Lady Frost instead? Alicia says, I'm going to find a bunch of knockouts that hate Giselle. Find a new teammate. Giselle said, I'm destined for tag team gold. I just need to find the right partner, and I'm going to do that right now. Newsflash, she didn't find a new tag partner. So, uh, then we got Honor No More backstage with Scott Damore. <laughs> Matt Taven goes up to Scott, and he says, take off that purple shirt and shake my hand. Uh, Scott says, you bit off a little more than you could chew at Slammiversary. Taven was like, you know that was a fluke. Scott says, clearly it's a fluke. Honor No More can't lose in a 10-man. That's your specialty. Against all odds, Honor No More versus the Briscoes, Good Brothers, and James Storm. Eddie, go take out your frustrations in the ring. Six-man tag match. Uh, kill each other. It'll be great. And then we get Chelsea Green versus Mia Yim as the first match of the night. Um, but uh, th this they kind of... Scott almost teased a match. I don't know more versus Briscoe's Good Brothers and James Storm, but don't think that's going to happen. Or at the very least, not uh, with those members on the uh, Briscoe's Good Brothers and James Storm side, based on what happens later. Um, so, Chelsea uh, first stomps Mia into a near fall and gives a baseball slide to Mia outside the ring. Um, Mia but the, returns with a suplex on the outside and then Chelsea starts dominating for a bit she gives a drop kick to Mia launching her to ringside Mia returns with a Pele kick to Chelsea back inside the ring uh, she gives a missile drop kick to Chelsea and then another one followed by a cannonball in the corner uh, that leads to a near fall uh, Chelsea counters the eat defeat with uh, double knees uh, three near falls Tries her own eat defeat, but is uh, but fails, and Mia returns with a Northern Lights suplex to Chelsea, followed by a huge power bomb into a near fall. Deanna pushes Mia off the top turnbuckle. Deanna's on commentary, by the way. Uh, she pushes Mia off the top turnbuckle. She was lining up uh, a dive or something. Um, Mickey James then comes out and starts brawling with Deanna Perrazzo. Uh Mia gives Chelsea the eat defeat while she's distracted for the win. Um, this will probably, I don't know, against all odds, will probably be Chelsea and Deanna versus Mickey and Mia, probably. Um, then we get an interview from The Influence. Um, Gia's like, you guys will probably want to challenge for those tag titles again, but it doesn't look like you will, because Madison Rain has a busted up nose. Um, Tennille says, it's pretty clear what happened to Madison. Uh, Madison says, it's a double nasal fracture. Um, and, and Gia's just like, oh yeah, look what they, oh no, no, Tennille's like, look what they did. But then Gia's like, I thought that happened when you collided heads. Um, uh, Tennille says, my head hit Madison's? Madison's like, no blame is being placed here. The point is, we won't be getting our tag title match anytime soon. But then Giselle Shaw walks in, and she says, with Havoc out of the picture, you both came up short, and with that happening, I think you need someone to fill in. Um, Tennille says, why would we want someone, why would we want help from someone we already beat? Giselle said, I beat half you guys, but maybe I lost because I wasn't with the right team. Um, Madison says, if you were to take out Rosemary or Taya, maybe that would be something we'd consider. Giselle says, consider it done. 
Then we go back to the ring for a tag team match. Boopender Gujer versus uh, and Shark Boy versus Zicky Dice and Johnny Swinger. Um, so Gujer continuing to be the typical uh, babyface, the babiest of all babyfaces. Uh, he starts dominating Zicky Dice early on. Gets some tag team synergy with Shark Boy, and the Shark Boy bites Johnny Swinger on the head, uh, and then Zicky. Um, Zicky starts fighting back, but Gujer gets the hot tag, drops Zicky into a Samoan drop, um, and then Shark Boy gets in, and they I together they Irish whip Zicky and Swinger into each other, uh, and then Gujer wins with a gargoyle spear which I guess is what they're calling it now, which is a cool name. And it makes sense. He's like hanging off the middle turnbuckle like a gargoyle. Um, but then Violent by Design runs in, start laying everyone out. And by Violent by Design, I mean Diener and Doring. No sign of Eric Young. Diener says, Josh Alexander, we go nowhere until you come out right here, right now. We go to commercial, come back, Josh Alexander comes out. Diener says, nice of you to show up. I didn't think you'd come out. Josh says, I was in the back preparing for our match, Cody. Start talking. Diener says, it's not so much what I need to say, Joshua, so much as it's what you need to, what you need to feel. How does it feel to stand across the ring from your demise? How does it feel to stand across the ring from Joe Doring, the undefeated Joe Doring, the man who's never been pinned in an impact ring? and the man who challenges you for your Impact Championship at Against All Odds. I know how you feel. I can see it in your eyes, fermenting in your brain, and working its way down into the pit of your stomach. You feel afraid. Embrace the fear, Joshua. Embrace the fact the last time you stepped into a ring with Doring you lost. Embrace the fact that you can't beat Joe Doring. Embrace the fact that at Against All Odds we accomplish our mission, and we bring the, that title home to the family of VBD. Josh says, the family of Violent by Design. The family seems to be thinning out. Why isn't Eric out here? Diener says, that's none of your business. Josh says, you're talking about taking something I fought tooth and nail to have. That's my damn business. I had my doubts, Eric has... I doubt... I have... <laughs> I had my doubts Eric has anything to do with this. Nobody has seen or heard from him since I beat him. Soon, big man, the same can happen to you. And Diener, that means you could be on your own from here on out. Uh, but Doring then clubs Josh. Um, but Josh returns with a German suplex to Doring. Um, but Doring gives a lariat to Josh and starts kicking Josh's chest in as Diener holds him down. Security comes out, uh, but Doring lays them all out. Josh dumps Doring to the outside, same with Diener. Um, but Doring starts choking a security guard. But Diener's like, wait, 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 it's okay, it's okay. And, D like, Doring is, like, walking up the ramp, but Diener kind of sticks back at the, at the ring and um, confronts Josh, and, and instead they have their match right at that moment. Um, but I, I have a feeling we're going to be seeing the end of Violent by Design very soon. I feel like Eric Young isn't gonna be isn't gonna be the same when he comes back. Maybe a whole lot worse, or a face now. And uh, with the way Josh was talking, maybe that's potential teasing for a VBD split up. Um, which would be unfortunate because I feel like Impact needs more factions as it is instead of dissolving more creating less because impact itself doesn't count as a faction it only counts as a faction when there's honor no more against them like an invading force um but it's not like a real faction it's not something that can be sustained like like a bullet club a vbd a uh, uh an honor no more they need more more factions get macklin in the faction um, so, we start off Josh Alexander versus Diener. Josh absolutely dominates from the beginning. Gives a huge backbreaker to Diener. Um, but on the outside, Diener pretends to walk away, but then puts his thumb into Josh's eye for a little sneak attack. 
Josh gives a northern light suplex to Diener. But uh, Diener puts Josh's neck into like the turnbuckle. Has some kind of trap there. And drop kicks Josh's ass. Injuring, or not really injuring, but uh, affecting the neck of, of Josh Alexander. Um, which has taken damage from um, Eric Young from Slimeversary. Uh, Josh then gives a German suplex to Diener and just keeps going and going and going with these suplexes. Diener grabs the rope and fights free, but Josh gives another German suplex to Diener, followed by an ankle lock while jo Diener's holding the ropes. Um, Diener tries to go for the Diener DDT, but Josh counters into an ankle lock. Um, but Diener can't reach the ropes and taps out. Not even the C4 spike. Josh wins with the ankle lock. Um, which, I mean, Diener sold the shit out of Josh. Like, like Diener looked great because of how much he was selling. Um, but he got, he got some of the shit in. Um... And hopefully they, they push Diener into a bigger part of the card. Maybe like mid-card instead of undercard at this point. Um, because Diener is fantastic. We then get an interview with Frankie Kazarian. He says, Slammiversary is one of the biggest nights of my career. Uh, finally giving Honor No More the beating they deserved, while Earl Hebner counted to three. When I came to Impact a month ago, it was to answer a challenge 20 years in the making. Saban versus Frankie Kazarian. Uh, it turned into a rivalry, into the rivalry of my career, and we were going to settle it, but it was interrupted. Next week, it's Chris Saban versus Frankie Kazarian. Uh, and that's going to be the main event next week. We then uh, get Tasha Steeles and Savannah Evans in a promo. Tasha says, Wow, Jordan. Oh, they, they played uh, uh, Jordan's post match promo from Slammiversary where she's. Thanking Tasha, I guess. Um, and, and going off about winning the title. But Tasha says, Wow, Jordan, you want to thank me? No, no, you shouldn't thank me. At Against All Odds, I will give you something you can feel, and I'll take back what was stolen from me. But that is only if you can get past the most savage woman of the Knockouts roster, Savannah Evans. If you get past her, then I will see you at Against All Odds. This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> this makes no sense. Why would Tasha want to put something in the way of her getting a rematch? So like... So like... Is she going to be rooting for Jordan the whole time? Because if Savannah wins, Tasha doesn't get the title match. Right? If Savannah wins... What happens? <laughs> Can Tasha not challenge? I was trying to think about this when she said it. I was like, would she then just challenge on the spot if Savannah wins and not, and rather not it against all odds? But I mean, like, it's only the day after next week. It's not like there's a huge weight that you need to put Savannah Evans in the middle. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's so it, it's so confusing. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. We then get Sammy Callahan versus Jack Price. Uh, Sammy charges early on, um, but Jack Price dodges very quickly. Um, he gives a clothesline to Sammy Callahan, followed by a sliding lariat, um, but then Sammy quickly returns with the Cactus Driver 97 for the win. Um, but Moose then runs out when Sammy isn't looking and spears Sammy. He starts attacking with the chair and then Uranagi's him through the timekeeper's table. Um, and even this is a few that's continuing after Slammiversary. Um, and even Gia makes a point of it later. She's like, that should have been the end. Um, but alas... We're still continuing with a lot of these series. I'm hoping Against All Odds puts an end to a lot, and then after that starts new ones. But, we'll see. It's kind of the same thing WWE does. 
Um, then we get uh, Briscoes and America's Most Wanted backstage. The Good Brothers walk in, and uh, Carl says, "Come on, you guys have a match." And Mar- Jay's like, "What are you doing?" Carl says, "We have your backs tonight." Um, and then they the Briscoes and Good Brothers leave. Uh, Chris Harris gets ready to walk out with uh, James Storm, but Storm's like, "Where are you going?" Harris says, I'm going out with you. I'm not going to watch you guys get beat down. Um, Storm says, you made a promise to your family. But Harris says, things are different now. Uh, Storm says, I'm not going to be the reason you go back at that. You go back to that place. Keep that promise to your, for your family. Promise me. Harris says, I promise. And then Storm says, go home. I got this. Um, for those who don't know, Chris Harris is retired. Um, I don't exactly know what what they're referring to when when Storm says go back to that place, but I assume it's um, some kind of uh, substance abuse or or injury related. Um, but we we didn't see Chris Harris after that point. Uh, then we get Sammy Callahan backstage. He's he's charging through. Uh, backstage, runs into Gia and he says, or not Gia um, Gail Kim and Sammy says, where the hell is Scott? you saw what happened with Moose, I'll end this Gail says, what could end this more than Slammiversary in a Monsters Ball match? Sammy says, more violence, Monsters Ball was the beginning, I was talking to my friend and he had a great idea, what's more violent than Monsters Ball? Raven's Clockwork Orange House of Fun match um and if if uh, Forbidden Door wasn't Sunday, I I would guess that John Moxley would show up at that match because he could be the friend that Sammy was referring to since they used to be tag partners. Um, and it'd be cool to see uh, Mox show up against Moose. That would be a really cool match. But I I highly doubt that's gonna happen because like. I I where is uh against all odds impact against all odds 2022 oh wait I wrote this did I write this down no I didn't write it down um oh it's Atlanta Georgia yeah no Mox isn't flying from Atlanta Georgia to Chicago no it ain't gonna happen uh in the matter of two days so uh, we then, um, Tom Hannafin starts running down the card for Against All Odds. Uh, it's only two matches right now. Next week's the go-home. Um, but it's going to be July 1st, a Friday. Um, which I can't remember the last time there was a Friday pay-per-view from Impact. And that's the same week, I think that's the same weekend Money in the Bank is. I think. Um, Money in the Bank 2022. I think it's yeah, it's literally the next day. Um, so that might be why they're doing it on Friday rather than Saturday. Maybe you want to beat Money in the Bank. I don't know. So the card is as follows: what they have so far at against all odds. Jordan Grace versus Tasha Steeles uh, for the Knockouts World Championship, and Josh Alexander versus Joe Doring for the Impact World World's Championship. They didn't mention that ten um, man tag Honor No More versus Briscoe's Good Brothers and James Storm, which is very interesting because I think they're kind of giving away the fact that things are going to change before the incident that will occur later. Um, they also went down the card for next week, which will be a number one contendership match for the X Division Championship between Steve Macklin, Chris Bay, Laredo Kid, and Trey Miguel. Um, that'll probably have Macklin or Chris Bay win, since they're going into a feud, I think. Um, we'll also have Ace Austin versus Alex Zane. Giselle Shaw versus Rosemary, which will probably get her her new tag partner at that point. Um, 
which I assume would be Tennille Dashwood. And then Chris Sabin versus Frankie Kazarian. So then we end the night with OGK and Eddie Edwards representing Honor No More versus the Briscoes and James Storm. So we start off the match with Mark Briscoe and Matt Taven in the ring. Um, Taven gives a big drop kick to Mark and shouts, I am Matt Taven. Uh, Mike Bennett then gets in, but he's laid out quickly by Mark Briscoe. The Briscoes get some teamwork in. Uh, Jay Briscoe's in now. And then Eddie gets in, starts dominating Jay. But Jay fights back and gets Storm in. Gets the hot tag. And a leaping neckbreaker to Eddie. And sends all of Honor No More over the ropes. Uh, uh, Team Briscoe starts celebrating in the ring. Uh, Jay topes to Honor No More. And then Mark uh, gives a tope as well. Um, after commercial... Honor No More is beating up on James Storm. Taven moonsaults Storm into a near fall. Bennett, Bennett gets in and targets Storm's leg, but the Briscoes charge the ring, um, but that distracts the ref, giving Bennett an opportunity to attack Storm. Um, we get some more distraction tactics. Storm comes back with a backstabber to Eddie. as a big backstabber. Um, Mark Briscoe then gets the hot tag. An exploding suplex to Mike Bennett. Uh, then tag team neckbreaker to Bennett. Taven breaks up the pin for a near fall. Um, the ref starts attending to Mike Bennett, which is... Come on, focus on the match. I don't, I don't remember who this ref was, but... Should focus on the match. Um, Eddie kicks uh, Jay Briscoe in the face while that's happening. And uh, uh, gives a powerbomb to Jay. But Jay kicks out. On no more... Uh, all of Honor No More then in the ring. Uh, Storm comes in for the save. Uh, then Mark Briscoe, but they're all laid out. Um, but Mark Briscoe gives a DVD to Mike Bennett. Taven takes out Mark Briscoe on the turnbuckle. And OGK give a proton pack to Mark Briscoe for the win. Um, after the match, Honor No More start beating down on the Briscoes and Storm. Um, along with Kenny, King, Vincent, and PCO because they come out and, and join in the fun. Uh, the Good Brothers come out for the save, but they're overwhelmed. Chairs are brought to the ring. Um, Eddie gives a Tiger Driver to Mark Briscoe onto one of the chairs, and uh, Matt Taven starts putting a chair on, on Mark Briscoe's leg and crushes it again and again. He said, you made a mistake, you should have stayed with us. And then Honor More stands tall. So... I think the plan is Jay Briscoe is not going to be cleared to compete with uh, what will probably be a broken leg. That might mean both Briscoes are out. Maybe, maybe, but um, they'll need a replacement for Jay Briscoe, which might end up being Chris Harris. I feel like since they mentioned that early on, um, Chris Harris will probably come out, get a redemption moment, um, and and win, probably win the match for Team Impact. Alright, so that's our recap for this evening. Again, if you have a question for me, since it's just me, I mean, I could text Liz, um, but I doubt she'd answer, considering she hasn't even texted me her predictions. Um... So uh, I guess we'll find out what her predictions are at a later point. Um, before we get to the best bests of the night, um, let me give a quick recap of the top 10 wrestlers in pro wrestling in kayfabe. So this is based on wins and losses, uh, not favoritism in any way, because otherwise this list would be very, very, very different. So number 10, the former SmackDown Women's Champion, Charlotte Flair. Number 9, um, the winner of this year's Best of Super Junior, Hiromu Takahashi. Number 8, one half of the IWGP Tag Team Champions, Great Okan. Number 7, the undisputed WWE uh, Universal Champion, the UWU Champion, Roman Reigns. 
Number six, the super Asian champion of Gato Move, uh, Balian Aki. Number five, from Dragon Gate, Dragon Dia. Number four, from Dragon Gate, Yuki Yoshioka. Number three, from Dragon Gate, Kota Minora. Number two, from Dragon Gate, Kaido Ishida. And number one, the king of pro wrestling champion from New Japan Pro Wrestling, Shingo Takagi. Um, with with the total win loss right now, Shingo has uh, is 15, 53 and nine, fifty three wins, nine losses. He has a total of sixty two matches this year. That is tied with Hiromu Takahashi, but Hiromu doesn't have as many wins. Um, and some other num big numbers I'm seeing. Naito has fifty five matches under his belt. Um, Jey Uso is fifty two. Jimmy Uso is 54. And uh, I think those... Oh. Yeah, those are the highest I'm seeing right now. Alright. So let's talk about the best of the night. Promo of the night. Starting off. I really like Diener's promo. He doesn't get many promos. And, and his one hyping up Doring was very believable. And when, when Josh... Mentioned where's Eric Young and Diener kind of cracked a little bit. You could, you could tell there was uh, worry in his voice, like he's unsure if Eric Young is still with Violent by Design. Um, I don't know Diener was just fantastic in in this whole uh, promo. So then let's talk about Wrestler of the Night. Um. I, I don't really need to give the three options now since it's just me. I give those for Liz. But why is my camera like it's like a little black section? And it's snapping into place so I can't fix it. Anyway, there we go. Um So Wrestler of the Night. It's between Josh Alexander, Chelsea Green, and Mia Yim. Because that first match was killer. Chelsea and Mia killed it. But I'll probably give it to... Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to Chelsea Green, actually. I thought she was fantastic. She's been getting better and better, like, every every week. And the way she was able to balance, like... Um, interacting with, with Deanna and wrestling the match... Almost had her own eat defeat. Um, yeah, she was fantastic. All right, now let's talk about match of the night. As always, we go from the worst match to the best match of the night. We'll talk about which match is the match of the night, excluding matches that were under five minutes, which there were two: Sammy and um, Boopender and Shark Boy. So, worst match of the night is. Let's see, uh, with the 6 out of 10, Honor No More versus James Storm and the Briscoes. It wasn't even that bad of a match. It was fun, um, but it was just a little messy with all the distractions and such. Um, hopefully there will be a, an Honor No More match that won't have distractions or interruptions of any kind. Uh, next, 6 out of 10. Josh Alexander versus Diener. Um, this was a lot of fun, and it put Diener in a, in a pretty good spot, I thought, because he uh, he definitely put up a good fight against Josh, and maybe this will push him further up the card, hopefully, because he can sell his ass off. Um, let's change the name of the Diener DDT. The Diener DT. That's what you should call it. The D Diener T. Ooh, D Diener T. That kind of rolls off the tongue. D Diener T. D Diener T. D Diener T. Yeah, I like that. But match of the night is Chelsea Green versus Mia Yim. 7 out of 10. This match rocked. This was great. Um, me and Chelsea have such great chemistry together. And uh, yeah, they killed it. Had a lot of counters, had a great storyline too. Um, and then Deanna's interruption 
um, followed by Mickey James's appearance, protects Chelsea um, for future matches. All right, so those are our best of the night. Let's get into some predictions, shall we? Let's get into some Forbidden Door predictions. Still no word from Elizabeth. In fact, let me send a reminder text. Make sure she's uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so, Forbidden Door predictions. And for those who are unfamiliar with how our predictions work, for every, uh, well, we put a prediction, sorry, let me start over, god damn it. We predict the outcome of every match, and for every incorrect prediction, we do a dab of hot sauce. Um, and then who has whoever has the most correct predictions will be dubbed the Pinfall Podcast Prediction Champion. I am currently running away with this. This is the championship, the egg of champions. And it will never crack. It will never spoil. It will never break. This is immortal. This championship will live on forever in my hands. Because I am the greatest champion of all time. The greatest pinfall podcast prediction champion of all time. The greatest prediction champion of all time. The greatest champion of all time in general. But, we have Forbidden Door coming up. This weekend, which we'll be doing a live watch along for many things can uh, be unpredictable so let's uh let's go over these matches let's see um is cage match updated with um the card what's the date of it is it the 26th yes it is the 26th okay um perfect this is updated all right so the first match on the card which is probably going to be the most unpredictable because of uh the fact that we don't know who's in it um, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Daniel, uh, Brian Danielson's mystery replacement. Now I'm not so sure. Because <laughs> it's whether or not they want Zack to win or lose. And I've heard, I've heard this argument before where Zack claims he's the best technical wrestler in the world. And the, the dream match of dream matches is Zack versus Danielson. And if they're going to go to that match eventually, would they have Zack lose? I don't think so. So Zack will probably win... But I feel like he'll win because of El Desperado getting involved. Or somebody from Suzuki-Goon getting involved. Um, the only thing is if it's... Yeah, no, there's no way Zack's losing. I, I think this is 100% Zack winning. Even if it's uh, Claudio Castagnoli as his opponent. Whether it's shenanigans or, or just straight up winning. Um... Although I think it'll most likely be shenanigans, or even Joko Appreciation Society getting involved. Because that seems likely at this point. Um, but there is also the possibility it could be Timothy Thatcher, which in that case, Zach will win clean. Or could win clean. Alright, next up on the card. Thunder Rosa versus Tony Storm for the AEW... Women's World Championship. This is all Thunder Rosa. Uh, the, that's all Thunder Rosa. I, I don't think there's any chance Tony Storm wins. Um, 
She might at some point, but I don't think it's any time soon. Um, and considering we'll probably have a tag title change and a new title, two new champions crowned, actually, uh, I don't think that that title's going to change hands. All right, next up, we have Will Ospreay versus Orange Cassidy for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Title Match or Heavyweight Championship. And I think this is easy. Will Ospreay. Next. Oh, I, I forgot to mention whoever is crowned the Pinfall Podcast Prediction Champion at the end of the predictions, at the end of the pay per view, deals out a punishment to the loser. All right, but yeah, I think Osprey is is gonna win over Cassidy. I don't think there's any chance Orange Cassidy wins at all. All right, so next up we have Darby Allen, Darby Allen, Hiromu Takahashi, Shingo Takagi, and Sting versus Bullet Club, El Fantasma, Hikaleo, Matt Jackson, and Nick Jackson. Dudes with attitudes versus Bullet Club. <sighs> Well, the Bucks are tag team champs. Hikaleo is a big dude to pin, but El Phantasma's in there. I don't know if there's anyone on Dudes with Attitudes that can get pinned. Darby won't get pinned. Sting won't get pinned, 100%. I mean, Shingo's the, the KOPW champion, so I don't see it being him. Could be Hiromu getting pinned, but I doubt it. Um, I, 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 I am going with my gut. I think it's Dudes with Attitudes win. As much as I hate saying that name. Alright, next up... Eddie Kingston, Shota Umino, and Wheeler Yuta versus Jericho Appreciation Society consisting of Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and Minoru Suzuki. Hmm. Oh, this is easily Jericho Appreciation Society. Shota Umino is put in to eat that pin. 100%. 100%. There's no way uh, Eddie, Yuta, and Shota are winning. All right, next up for the Ring of Honor World Championship, World Tag Team Championships and the IWGP Tag Team Championships um, is FTR versus United Empire versus Rapongi Vice. I don't think FTR is losing those belts. I think they're holding on to them. It's definitely not Rapongi Vice. They're there to eat the pins. Eat the singular pin, or multiple. There might be a, there might be a, um, a stack, but I don't see FTR losing this at all. United Empire kind of ju kind of juggled the titles a bit, um, so I think they're less likely to hold on to them at this point. Alright, next up, th this isn't completely um, accurate though, this isn't updated with Clark Connors replacing Tomohiro Ishii, but next up, a Fatal 4-Way match for the All-Atlantic Championship, Tomo or, uh, not Tomohiro Ishii, Clark Connors versus Malachi Black versus Pac versus Miro, and by God, this is all Miro. <laughs> all Miro, all day. Miro could hold on to that title for years to come. Um, next. For the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Jay White versus Kazuchika Okada versus Adam Cole versus Hangman Adam Page. And this is Jay White. He's going to pin Adam Cole, and that's going to be the end of that. Um, don't know if Cole's going to leave Bolt Club or be kicked out of Bolt Club, but Jay is 100% pinning Cole. 
And finally, probably one of the most easily predictable matches on the card, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus John Moxley for the Interim AEW World Championship. It's John Moxley. He is that that title's not going to go to uh to someone from New Japan. Not going to happen. Not going to happen, guys. Is all all the we He'd walk into blood and guts with that thing. Would would they have him walk into blood and guts with that title? I'm sure. I don't think Tana. No, because Tanahashi's in the G1. No, 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 no. It's Moxley. I don't know why I'm doubting myself. It's it's Moxley. All right. So those are all the predictions. I I guess we'll have a way that Liz gives hers, whether it's Twitter or a separate, like a YouTube video or something. Um, but hers will be up soon. Um, but follow us on Twitter to be in the know on that at Pinfall Podcast. Um, we'll be live on Sunday for our live watch along for Forbidden Door. Um, follow along with our predictions. Make your own. See how you do. See if you can beat us. Because I am long reigning, undisputed, Pinfall Podcast Prediction Champion of the World Heavyweight. All right. Thank you all so much for watching. All of our stuff is Pinfall Podcast. That's YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Spotify. Um, I'm at the Mark Cameron Liz. If she were here, was at Eliza Elaine two three. But thank you all so much for watching. Join us on Sunday. Uh, we'll see you then. Bye bye. <laughs>